I can't remember an election when there has been such a yawning chasm between the two possible futures for this country. America first. America first. We are against the teaching of contested political ideas as if they are accepted facts. The British are too big to bully. If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on earth. This is the last stand on earth. The last stand on earth. Hello and welcome back to The Other View. We've got another exciting episode coming up this week. Uh, we're going to be looking at division in politics and in wider society, the things surrounding that, why it seems to be much more prominent now than it used to be um, obviously politics has always been quite divided and society's always been quite divided but those divisions seem to have come to the forefront quite a lot in the last few years um, that's led quite a lot of people to become disenfranchised with politics and society and caused a lot of problems um, so we're going to start looking at that I guess the, the obvious place to start would just be sort of why are we so divided what people's thoughts on that um I think we're probably divided because, I mean, especially coming up through education, obviously this isn't going to be about education today, but coming up through that, it's the teachers and especially like the people around you, there's such a kind of thought police mentality thing going on. I mean, not so much in primary school, obviously, but when you get to secondary school, it's just kind of like you can't have a right-wing opinion. But um, it kind of stems from that after after school as well, when you kind of, if you do have these opinions, you then don't think you can express them. So people go more to the fringe, fringes of both sides, I suppose. Um, yeah, I think. And then you just end up not being able to talk about um, talk about things like this with with your left wing friends or vice versa because you know people see it as such a vital part of our personas that it's something that you can't take away from someone's personality. Like I've seen stuff that like now where people say if you're not left wing, i.e., if you don't believe that you know like borders are bad, like if you don't believe that like people should be able to come and go as they please there should be no like immigration system or you know um all refugees are welcome and all this kind of stuff or you know free school meals just all this leftist kind of stuff not not necessarily leftist just left wing um they they see these as human rights and they don't necessarily look beyond these slogans do you know what I mean um so I think it's just a lot of language that we use is kind of the issue because they the language makes sweeping statements and and it's hard to then go against it and then it does look like you're a bad person if you do and then we just end up you end up kind of attacking people's character and things like that I don't know that's kind of a long speech but there we go <laughs> that's what I believe yeah no definitely um I think the, there's so many issues that the left have put their weight behind and so many issues that the right put their weight behind that the solutions to those issues, they're, they're completely incompatible. There's no, there's no way to compromise on, there's no, there's such, the thing is, there's no room with, there's no, nothing wrong with having polarised opinions. 
so long as there are compromises and you can have a discussion about it. And I think at the moment it's those topics, they're so they're so polar opposite. Well not polar opposite, they're like they're so incompatible, the complete opposite, they work against each other that they can't compromise. Then they people don't want to talk about them because you can't there's no way of making common ground and agreeing or to disagree sort of conversations broken down yeah yeah yeah. Um, I, I, I agree I think also when you look at people on the left like I've spoken about her before but like Tulsi Gabbard and like people like Andrew Yang and um people who are left-wing but they still believe in like fundamentals like free speech yeah. whereas a lot of left-wing people don't and it's like I don't agree with probably a lot of you know Tulsi Gabbard's you know economic policy or stuff like that but I can I appreciate her and I like her because she's still defending like freedoms that shouldn't be kind of left or right um and 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 I think that's where it's become it is becoming so divided because you just think people on the left wants to shut down people on the right and you know it probably it does work both ways I'm sure I'm sure there's people on the left that have been censored I don't I'm not exposed to it as much because obviously we're not in left-leaning circles but you know there's definitely people on the right getting censored as we all know and I think, um, yeah um like for for years and years whilst there was a huge difference between what right-wing people and left-wing people believe they sort of but everybody moved forward at a steady rate so the gap between what people on the right thought and people on the left thought was fairly consistent um it, it remains the same. Whereas now the right has sort of said, we're not moving. Like this is, this is where we are. And the left's sort of shot off into the distance. And obviously they're, they're more than welcome to. I'm not saying that, it, I'm not blaming the left for the division. I don't think it's one side of politics fault exclusively. But the left's moved on so far and the right stayed where they are. But the, um, the left now has these outlandish ideas that are completely incompatible with Western culture or the traditional view of Western culture, at least. Like yeah. you say with free speech, these these rights that everybody on the left and on the right used to accept as, as rights. Yeah. And, and exactly. that's why you see so many people moving from the left to the right. The people who sort of get left behind. You don't see very many people move from the right to the left. You see, mm. like, Freeman would, would be the, the mayor of North um, Las Vegas has just switched from the Democrats to the Republicans because the Democrats left him behind. Right. He, he didn't support their policies. And you see that much more than you see it the other way because people have just got left behind. Yeah, no, agreed. Um, I was going to say as well, I think when you get a breakdown of uh, patriotism, it doesn't help because I feel like left and right used to both equally rally behind their country. Whereas now, only the right seems to. Um, so I think now that they, they, they don't really have a common not enemy, but a common goal anymore, if you say, a common interest. Yeah, that's fair. And I think, I think that is even only in Western societies. Like, if you still look at, I suppose, other places in the world, I think everyone's still united behind their country yeah. pretty solidly. Um, it's only in kind of... I suppose the UK and the US and you know a few other places I suppose I don't really know I don't want to say 
different countries. I don't obviously know a lot about the politics of lots of different countries, but I can assume Canada and places like Australia are probably similar as well. Um, I.e. kind of if you're on the left, you're naturally going to be anti flying a flag and anti patriotic in general. Um, as I suppose it's all just connected with this idea of imperialism to them. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's, a def it's definitely a valid point about patriotism yeah. being a... And I think something I've been thinking about this a lot, the idea that the left refers to themselves as this, they're the tolerant left, they're, they're incredibly tolerant. But I think that the right are much more tolerant than the left are. Oh, yeah. The definition of tolerance means that you tolerate like you bet you you allow something to exist that you fundamentally disagree with and the left agree with it all so they can't they can't be tolerant the only thing that look well the things that they disagree with like right-wing politics they're not tolerant to yeah they, exactly they aren't is is the the right are the ones that and in some ways i think the right might be too tolerant how so what do you mean so i'm not suggesting that the right sort of stops allowing these things but by yeah. not but you can you can allow something to happen and still speak out against it and i think the right. right they allow these things to happen whether it be the left's pushes for immigration or gender and the right stay as silent they don't want to offend people yeah and they think that if they say anything they're not being tolerant but you can be tolerant and allow something to take place and still voice your concerns about it yeah, I think that's where, that's where the left push and push and push because they've got no opposition. Yeah, exactly. This is why I don't think it's the left. You can I don't. This is why I don't think it's fair to blame the left entirely. No, no, no. I think the right have been passively involved. Implicit. Yeah. yeah. Lewis, were you going to say something? No, I, say, I don't know if it's a bit late now, but um, just on this whole you know nationalism thing. Um, so it was Saint George's Day last week, and Emily Thornbury, who's got form for this, um, tweeted a picture of her in a pub garden with uh, Sir George's flag in the background. Um, and everyone, all these far-left Labour supporters, I don't want to turn this into an attack on Labour Party, but it was uh, fascist, racist, you know, I don't want to identify with um, this nationalistic party. And it's and it shouldn't be something as a country's national flag. It's so divisive that people get outraged when, you know, a an elected MP um, has that flag in their tweet. This is Emily Thornbury. Yeah. Was she trying to like retract? Was she trying to retract what happened from before? <laughs> she has form for it, doesn't she? <laughs> it was either Emily Thornbury or some slightly left Labour MP. But um, yeah, and all the Labour members and the activists were going, ah, they were outraged at her. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the St George's flag is obviously. A little bit has been kind of taken over by the far right a little bit but I think on on the Jack Ross episode he said like we need to reclaim it like you can't just let that happen and then just be like yeah we can't use it anymore it's like no <laughs> like that's off that's still our flag like and when you can't just you're not just going to change it because you know if you change a flag it won't necessarily have significance you just got to reclaim it in a sense and say you know some people might use it but we're still going to call it ours and it still means it makes us proud to be English, you know, if, if obviously if you are English, if you live here. Um, but also going back to the thing on uh, what Jacob said about the conservative, or sorry, the, 
the right kind of giving way a little bit too much on that on their core values I think we're seeing that a lot with the Conservative Party at the moment as well like just pandering for the sake of it and uh, I think in a sense that's why there's lots and lots of kind of little parties springing up for different different things it feels like the Conservatives aren't being truly you know they aren't looking at their key voter base necessarily or I don't know what do you think I don't know if I made sense there but yeah no I I, I do kind of see that I think um the the pe- the right-wing parties they have tried to tried to keep up with the left's excessive progression yeah or regression whichever you want to look at it um and they're making these big leaps and again leaving their own party members that maybe were on the the more right-wing sides of those parties behind and i yeah. think that's going to create an issue because as you said like the conservative party has stigmas around it surrounding certain issues and obviously sure you want to try and shake those off but to those people in those communities that maybe think that the party has that stigma you're never going to lose that enough to warrant the people that you might lose on the other end of the spectrum yeah yeah exactly it's all kind of weighing it up yeah and um i think something else that's certainly caused division is this idea that um you can support things based on just feelings rather than facts data statistics and it's the um you hear it often um the idea that oh you shouldn't be looking at the statistics it's that's someone's lived experience or yeah yeah, yeah. it's well Sorry. that may be someone's lived experience but anecdotal examples don't prove anything you can you can disprove anything with an anecdote do you know what I mean? yeah yeah exactly it's like um last week on on Earth Day, um, <laughs> AOC Alexandra Casio Cortez, she um she put out an attack on conservatives and Republicans, um and this is the quote that she said she said um that basically she was complaining that people on the right conservatives always use statistics and studies to try and disprove her her <laughs> Green New Deal. So oh that's, my God that's exactly what they should be doing if, if you if you're trying to make a claim and you can't back it up with statistics and you have to complain when someone else is using statistics to try and combat it you're the one that's in the wrong like statistics facts data should be what everybody relies on as the basis of their political opinions and their views yeah, and if, exactly. if, if, if it's not then you should be willing to accept the stats and figures you can't just reject empirical data because it doesn't it hurts your feelings facts don't care about your feelings well yeah exactly <laughs> but the thing is it's we've seen through covid the people say um oh you need to trust the science trust the science until yeah, it comes exactly. to something that dis until it comes till until the science disagrees with them oh no it's just sound bites like literally yeah. you don't you don't have any consistency yeah like whether it be whether it be yeah. um, climate change or um, abortion in terms of like when life begins in the eyes of science or um, well anything really they they yeah. they don't follow the the goals that they only they set out themselves yeah definitely so I know we've uh, spoke a lot about the left and we've tried to 
mention sort of maybe the bits the writers got wrong as well, um, to try and be fair. Um, <laughs> but I just wondered whether anyone had sort of any thoughts on whose fault it may be. Like, is, is there is there a group of people? Is there a, a system or um, things that have caused this division? I know we've um, we did ask this question on our stories um, last weekend, um, and we had some good responses back. Um, so I just wondered whether anyone we we look at those maybe as well. Um, yeah, what some of our viewers have said. Um, we've had about- some really interesting ones actually. There's been like a lot of kind of similar ones, but ones that I wouldn't necessarily think about as well so there's been a lot about kind of cancel culture being a big reason why we're so divided which I think I kind of touched on the fact that like you know if if you feel like you're going to get shunned you kind of internalize and then you hate the other people for shunning you know it just kind of builds up this animosity um there was there's a couple things on like pornography as well which is interesting mm. and there was uh, one was it the over sexualization of culture mm-hmm. yeah uh which i don't i've looked a bit into i don't necessarily know how much i you know what i think about that but i definitely think it's more harmful than everybody thinks oh definitely way more yeah. harmful than everyone thinks um i, think it's lost I, the- I don't know if it's why we're divided but it's definitely no. No. Harmful. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe that would be a good one to do an episode on actually, but <laughs> let um, us know if you want if you'd like to see an episode on that. It'd be a good one. Yeah. Um, but I suppose just there was a lot about media as well, yes. which I think is definitely why we're divided. Yes, definitely. Um I mean the BBC just just aren't for purpose anymore, I don't think. Like no. They don't they do not give a, an unbiased view at all, no. at all. So, no, I agree. Um, it was um, with a uh, um, they um, they had Brandon Tatum, the BBC had yeah. Brandon Tatum on. Oh he's really? A, he's a ex police officer, black ex police yeah. officer, who's um, Republican. Sort of talks a lot about um, race and stuff like that. Obviously, trying to sort of. Um, correct the narrative so to speak um they had him on the to talk about the Chauvin trial and about how and try they, the the reporter was basically implying that America is incredibly racist that black police that police officers are shooting black people uh untold rates etc yeah. etc and Brandon Tatum um sort of just gave him the complete rundown sort of and the guy at the end the reporter sort of like okay, thank you very much for joining us. Um, and then sort of just change the subject into something completely different. He sort of, they, they, the BBC don't, ha- they don't present it. They have these guests on, obviously, but they they don't um, do, they don't present their side mutually. Yeah. Oh, no, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, no. Go on. That's a, I was going to say, I uh, point this out on our crime episode thing uh, is the, the media definitely has its own little agendas. We saw literally just after the shooting of Mia Kia, that uh, girl trying to stab someone. Brian. The, yeah, that was it. Sky News ran the headline, uh, police shoot 16-year-old girl minutes after 
uh, George Floyd trial. And that's that's a completely opinionated headline, uh, which has got a clear agenda behind it, presented as some sort of factual news. So yeah. the, me- the media yeah. definitely have a big part, yeah. especially now with social media, which we'll come on to, yeah. uh, in pushing their own got... agendas and dividing us. Yeah, but I think those like going back to that, that, that Michaela Bryant, I don't know how to pronounce her first name, um, that shooting, the, the media, like the people, if, if the left were honest with situations like that, they use the, the, uh, the facts, they look, they waited for the facts, they were, they had outrage at ones where they are justified to have outrage then there'd be a, it would be a much more civil discussion surrounding it. I think at the moment, the everything is wrong. Everything's like, maybe there are issues with um, racism in policing in America. But if you use these examples that have nothing, these anecdotal cases that have nothing to do with race in them, nobody's going to want to have a discussion about it. If you try and claim that this Michaela Bryant shooting was racism based if you try and claim that that what was that was it was the troy williams the little the 13 year old boy that got shot can't remember his name the one that he was he was shooting at a load of car he was shooting at cars driving past and then the police turned up chased him in an alley he dropped the gun the police officer didn't see and shot him so yeah I, oh yeah i can't remember what his name was that was in march wasn't it yeah and this this and that dante riot shooting if they use these cases where there's no racism based, and obviously that Dante Wright one, you could argue was the the, the frustration is justified, but they're putting their anger in the wrong places. Yeah. Defunding the police isn't going to help that. No, it, I was watching this uh, Daily Wire clip with um, Army Horowitz, who's like a like a journalist, I suppose. Um, he went to. Uh, Minneapolis and was talking to people on the street before the George Floyd thing got the George Floyd um, trial what's the word what am I looking for like the case like when it when it before he was told he was guilty basically right and um, he was asking just people like do you think the city will burn yes and they were all saying yes and then they were saying like do you think it's justified they were saying yes it's like why and then and then he asked them, how many um, unarmed black people do you think get shot by the police every year? And they were saying thousands. They were saying hundreds and thousands. Yeah. It's like, like th- this is why we can't have feelings over facts, because in reality, I think it's, it's it's like it was 18, I think, last year, or like, it was less than 20. And yeah. that's the thing, like, when you see so much about it, you know, if you were uninformed, you would think it was in the thousands by the amount of the by the amount that people talk about it and by the just yeah, and you'd expect it to be language. sort of much much more black people getting shot than white people. Yeah, 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 exactly. And 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 these people, I, f- I feel sorry for them because they will live, they will live in fear of the police. Yeah, and they don't need to. They no. really don't need to. Like, and it, and it, then obviously that will be put into their children. And the children's children, if, if the cycle isn't broken, it really it must destroy lives because they do think that the police are out to kill them. Like it's it's it must be yeah. horrible. But then at the same time, if you're not gonna look for the facts, like and I don't want this to 
don't want this to come off the wrong way because some of the like the, the, some another human being dying is tragic regardless of the circumstances mm. but every one of the cases that these that black lives matter tried to martyr have all either been in the process of committing a crime when they got shot have just committed a crime or have a extensive criminal record now i'm not suggesting that that gives the police right to be jury judge jury and executioner obviously it doesn't however these aren't innocent well respected members of society that are getting stopped by police and killed in whatever circumstances they may be killed like if you are a a well-behaved civil respected black person in america yeah. your chances of getting shot by police are as equal to any other member of society yeah 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 i agreed on that um yeah and i i think as well it's so it's social media that perpetuates the division as well i think the the lack of the it doesn't feel like real human to human interaction no you get um carried away so to speak i think oh let's let's not forget that if you tell an entire generation or an entire group of people that the police starts to get them and they want to kill them that leads to a breakdown in trust and relations it leads to more confrontation and that more shootings and you just find yourself in this never-ending cycle that you can't get out of yeah yeah i mean yeah that exactly it does cause such division and what you were just saying Jacob about social media kind of perpetuating things like I only lost friends due to politics like when I wasn't seeing them as much and when they were just kind of seeing what I was posting on social media which you know has always been relatively similar throughout the years obviously social media hasn't been that big for that long but um but, you know, I, but when you're not seeing people as much and having human interactions with people yeah. um, to show that I might have this other view to you, but oh, podcast, <laughs> that literally sounds like a pl- plug in the podcast. Um, I might have this like other view, but it's, I'm still like a nice person and like we still get on. But it's only when you stop seeing people and keep just see them on social media. And, and obviously what we post on social media is either just a heightened version of our reality or like political posts, really, or like an opinion. Um, yeah, so it does definitely create a lot of tension and division, that whole sphere of things. Yeah. I don't know if anyone else has any kind of experience with that. Especially when social media is biased as well. I mean, like Facebook and all these other social media are overtly left-wing. Like they're, the people in charge of them will state that they will remove things they find offensive from their platforms. Yeah. Um, when social media basically is the new sort of, well, it is the ultimate communication, really. Everyone knows on it in some way, shape or form. The sort of police speech on that is also going to create sure. more division, isn't it, by social media deciding what's right to say and what's wrong to say. Yep. 100%, yeah. Yeah, is there anything else people think that maybe has contributed to the division? I was thinking maybe, um, I think as well, like having a predominantly two-party system 
maybe as well. I think not just here, but in like I know that happens in most countries. You end up with two parties, but I think if when you have just two parties, there seems to be more. It's your your red or your blue, and there's no. It splits yeah. the country in two. Yeah, isn't that is interesting? Because like, I suppose we've had that for you know years now, decades. Yeah. That yeah. two-party system, and um, and I suppose there was always division, and yeah. there there's always, and obviously we can't really speak for you know first-hand experience of division like 20, 30 years ago, obviously. But um, none of us were here thirty years ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but and obviously, we don't know how that division like manifested in different ways to the, how it does now. Because I feel like you wouldn't be connected to as many people in different circles. Because obviously, if you were like, if you were from a Labour family, you're not going to necessarily be mixing with other Conservatives. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like say, if you're in the northeast or whatever, you're you're probably going to be a Labour family and therefore everyone around you is going to be Labour so there's never going to be that kind of ideological difference between you and other people the way that there is now the way that we can connect with just anyone we want which again I suppose does bring about social media but yeah so uh, I don't know where I'm going with this but but I think that goes... there's always been division but now it's just more exposed yeah and I think but it's that goes back to what you were saying the 20 30 40 years ago the division between say well the Labour Party for example used to be patriotic and respect these sort of fundamental rights and liberties that Western society that Britain had yeah yeah whereas now not necessarily the Labour Party itself but a lot of their members have lost that yeah yeah definitely yeah It'd be interesting, though, to see in places where there's not just a two-party state, where there are fringe parties who get in. Yeah. If there's that same division, because I know a lot of European countries have, like, multiple parties in in power or in a coalition. Mm. Um, And, yeah, I I don't know. I don't know enough about, kind of, other countries no but i guess the the countries that you hear about division the most in are the Mm. ones that seem to have two-party systems and i know that's obviously also those parties with division also correlate with the ones that you hear the most about anyway yeah um but you know it would be yeah let us know if you're from those countries drop the drop the comment (laughs) or a voice message uh let us know so I guess, so long as no one's got anything else they want to add on the those previous points, um, the next sort of to bring it towards an end is how do we reconcile this huge divide that seems to be growing by the day? How do we get back to a position where we can debate the other side of the political mm-hmm. aisle? without this debate breaking down into name-calling and isms and phobias and whatever else they throw at, we get thrown around these days. Like how do we get back from it? Is there, is there a way to get back from it? Um, I'd say at the moment, it doesn't look like there is, no. I think at the moment, because there's sort of this 
I find that the left sort of thinks they want a bit of a moral mission, per se. So their ideas that they have are fundamentals that you must accept. And I think it's very difficult to sort of reason with someone who, not reason with someone, but reason with a group of people who believe their worldview is absolutely correct. And if anyone challenges them on it, they're absolutely wrong. I think to, to get to a middle ground, you'd need something sort of massive in society that everyone could rally behind against or for but we uh, need a war <laughs> yeah there you go argentina let's go again no, but, um i don't i don't think there's sort of there's not even a starting point really is there now there's nothing you can even say that will unite everyone together you can't you, you could say 50 years ago your country you can't say that now no i think that's a fair point there, so i think that it's it's if it is happening it's a very long away until something does happen we can all ride yeah. behind but until that time i don't think i don't see it happening no, that's fair enough i don't want to be as pessimistic as to say that there's no hope but i do get what you're saying i think there's like to have a discussion you have to be able to find common ground to work from i think that was like i have i don't know whether any of you've sort of seen the change my mind series that stephen crowder does Oh, when yeah. he sits down with somebody, the first thing he tries to do is try and establish a common ground, something that they can, something that they can agree on to then work forward from. And I think whenever someone sits down and doesn't have any common ground, then he sort of just says, "Well, we're never going to make any progress because there's nowhere, no nowhere to work from." If you've got someone who is so ide- ideologically opposite that there's no, even if it's something so minor to start from to be able to work forward you need that that reason to start I yeah it's lacking at the moment yeah i think but to have that you almost need more uh human interaction with people yeah i i think now we've spoken about it, i've kind of realized how much social media does play like a role in in being divisive and and i think also hypothetically like I, I know this isn't going to happen but like if we're talking hypothetically how can we like unite people is that we need things to unite behind so I really truly think that like having like it does start at school like having flags in schools and just stuff like that and like on I was really annoyed because I didn't get um because on uh Friday when it so it will be last Friday last Friday like a couple Fridays ago um when it was St George's Day I so my class at school that I teach um I normally have them at lunchtime to like just uh like put something on for them to watch and whatever and have a chat with them just me and them and I didn't get to see them on Friday at lunchtime to like talk to them about St George's Day because I was going to be like look guys we're all English we're all proud to you know I was going to try and do like a little uh, give my two cents about it because I think that is completely lacking in kids' lives where they they don't really know where they come from or why they're here or don't have any pride. So just those little snippets to say, you know, whatever you look like and wherever your parents are from or whatever religion you are, you know, whoever you are, you are English or British, and you know everybody is proud that you're here and let's all like unite under this common um, symbol and ideology because all of us want freedom 
And I think that, you know, hopefully that's what this country can symbolise for people. Because I think that is why so many people want to come here, because they realise how free we are. But anyway, yeah, I think just to round that off, I think we do need like these things that we can all unite behind as a common cause. Like we don't necessarily need like a war for that to happen. We can do it in so many so much, so many easier, manageable ways, but people just think, you know, it's racist or whatever, but it's not, it's not, it's literally nothing to do with race. It's, it's about progress and unity moving forward, I think. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I was just going to say that I think there's, it, it's, it's not like this is a one issue thing, is there? There's so many issues that you'd have to sort of solve to get closer to uh, reconciling the divide, but because there's yeah. so many of them, you know, yeah, the length of time it would even take to do it, you know, it, it, it's just, it's, it's, I just see it as so difficult to really do. And it's sad that it's that way, but, it, I, but I think it's, yeah. it's so difficult to do. I think that, you know, like you say, little things could make little changes. Yeah, I think I if think, you really did want to sort of stop the divide, it's, it's so much to deal with that you'd be there for, well, you'd be there forever. But it's, mm-hmm. it, 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 just like as people on the right we we believe that it's about it's about like people power it's not about government like government doesn't make that much change it's about us as people making change in our community and doing those little things like um because you know the government can do whatever they want but they're only there for four years or five years or whatever like um they don't they're gonna be gone you know, by the time that actual yeah. changes happen. So we need to stop relying on them as much to, and, and, you know, it's good that they're only temporary. We don't want them to be a, a constant, you know, a constant like they are in some countries. We want them to keep changing. So we as people need to be like kind of the constants here and, and making change in our communities. Like, I think it, it go, it's definitely undervalued how much we can do as people, as the tiny people we are. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's my... <laughs> speech for the day so I guess the last point to end on um, if because we've been maybe a little bit pessimistic at the end of this so far um, with regards to whether we think that we can but I don't know whether anyone had any thoughts on what's going to happen if we don't well it'll get worse How? obviously yeah. it's, a, it's a basic one it'll yeah. just get worse and worse and worse um if society... and obviously, when you're not when you're not when you're not talking to your sort of not enemies, but when you're not when you're not speaking to your camp, your your rivals, should we say, or your people you disagree with, then that breeds enemies, and then enemies breeds conflict. So, I mean, if nothing is done, the head eventually will be it will just be conflict. Whether that be civil well, civil conflict, yeah. whether that actually be a physical fight, or whether that be a conflict of ideas, but. Jackson's predicting a civil war. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, but, you know, worst case scenario, if nothing is done, then, well, throughout history, that's really been the only thing that does happen when divisions aren't reconciled. Yeah. Is, but the thing is, civil conflict. Yeah, I, the thing is, that, that sounds outlandish, but I think if you look at the, the way political discussion is going in, say, like America, it's not completely... No, I, I mean, I, I, I don't think it's, it's, it's far-fetched at all to say now that no. America is sort of, you know, re, if you, like, again, if you, if you look back at the previous Civil War, the yeah. events were almost mirrored in, together yeah. and, and the build-up to both. 
Yeah. Not but, because but if you've got, the build up to the last one where it was sort of yeah. very similar to what we're seeing yeah. now in the US. When you've got the Democrats making these huge power grabs with the statehood for DC, with completely redoing the electoral system and packing the court, they they're doing that to have unlimited power, like endless power. There's no there will be no checks and balances on them if they have completely un like if they if they fix the system to always work in their favor there's never going to be anything that they can no one can stop them you think there's going to be civil war no 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 but if the america particularly the sort of the more sort of right wing republicans certainly wouldn't sit still if their rights were infringed massively. If if the Democrats decided to try and take their guns away from them, I don't think it would end very well. I'd say it's pretty far-fetched to say there'd be civil war in this day and age. I just can't see it happening at all in any in any Western society. But, how, how, yeah, but doesn't necessarily mean a, a war is in a sort of like a what you think of what you typically think of as a war. It just means eventually. I mean it. I don't see how it's far-fetched to say that if ideas consistently, consistently clash and that gets worse and worse and worse with no reconciliation or talking from either side, then by definition that surely is going to lead to some form of conflict, whatever it may be. Well, what's a, what would you class it as then if it's not civil war? Is it just conflict you, in general, any any form of conflict, whether that be conflict you, of ideas what do you or see, whether that what be do physical you see violence. Happening as an alternative? It's if the left... If the left kept pushing in one, I'm not suggesting I wasn't necessarily bringing up civil war, but if the left keep pushing in a direct in the direction they're going, with ending rights, liberty, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, giving themselves unlimited power, and the rights stay where they are, what else could, would you see happening instead? It'll just be continued civil unrest. I just it'll just be I can't see a big progressive boom to major. I don't know. I don't know what you're touching on. Whether it, I don't know. Maybe I misinterpreted what you meant by civil war, but um, I don't know. I just think it'll you just have civil unrest. Yeah, but like yeah, mass civil unrest. Yeah. yeah. Is that what you were trying to? Is that, that what you was were, that was what right? I was more sort of yeah. I was. Yeah, I mean, I I do. I was just saying conflict in general. So yeah, I mean, that would too. Fair, I, th- I think I put civil war. I think I put out the word civil war. <laughs> but yeah, I think. I think especially like when you hear from, especially with the whole racial tension that's happening in the US, like black black people who are really kind of, have really, I don't want to say bought into it, but that's the only word I can think of. They're really, like, they're really thinking that this is a true, uh, like endangerment, is that the word? I don't know. Um, to them and, and they build up so much hatred towards white people um and you know when i was saying i was watching that video and they're just like basically saying white people are going to have to pay basically like for, for at one point or another and it's just like that kind of rhetoric where you just think like what <laughs> like how do we get there um so you can definitely see like these these views aren't as outlandish as they may seem like people are ready to snap and you've seen it through the summer with BLM that people will burn and people will burn things and 
you know, just, and you can imagine if there was a bigger, I don't know, probably won't be civil war as we imagine it, but it would definitely be like loads of civil unrest and it will only get worse as, as you guys have been saying. Yeah. Maybe civil war is a bit of a, an overstatement, but let's not pretend we haven't seen cases of mass public disorder. The last few months we've seen the protests, uh, the riots in America uh, on a small scale. We had the 2010 riots in London, Manchester. We've had Northern Ireland um, on a small scale, we had Bristol a few weeks ago. So let's not pretend that Western democratic countries aren't immune to large-scale public disorder. And it won't be unreasonable to assume that as the current sort of political tensions get worse, they would also get progressively worse as well. Yeah, but I bet the um, Iran, China, North Korea, they're all loving it, I reckon. So they're uh, our, um, their great enemies are falling without them ever needing to lift a finger. I think that's the only thing that's going to unify people in some ways. If, but then again, people, the, some on the far far left seem to think China's this idyllic nation. So maybe they won't. Yeah. I was about know. to say. I was about to say maybe if if an out or if a war broke out with China, maybe that would unify people. Um, but I can see <laughs> a lot people, of people would defect. <laughs> I can see a lot of people in the West wanting China to win, unfortunately. And I think that just epitomizes the state of affairs. Yeah, definitely. So anyway. <laughs> on that note. On, on that note, on, yes. On that bombshell. <laughs> yeah. Um thank you all for listening this week. Um it's been quite a good discussion. So I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh let us know what you think. Uh, whether you agree with us, whether you disagree, whether you think we've missed something, um, you can do that using the hashtag TOV podcast. Um, please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and consider subscribing on your favourite podcast app. We'll see you again next week for another good discussion. So I guess that's all now. Thank you and goodbye. Long live the cause of freedom. freedom.